FT Live, what a day we have planned. And can we have some news in Major League Baseball? Some not great, but still, we got to go through it. Todd Frazier, Eric Kratz, Ken Rosenthal is going to be our first guest. Buck Martinez will join us, especially on the Alec Manoa news, which we covered a little bit yesterday. And he has been sent down. Evan Phillips, Dodgers super reliever, will join us in the second hour. And Lucy Burge is going to help us with our picks. And Todd Father's making me hungry with that spread over there, too. <laughs> Come on down, man. You see it? Get your kitties, get your kitties something to eat, baby. This cookie pop, candy pop, <laughs> cereal pop, you name it, man. Whatever, whatever you're in the mood for. You got the full spread. It's looking good. Kratzy, how you doing? Another big game coming up. Yeah, yeah. Manana, we got the we got the state second round of states up in Central Columbia High School. We're playing Northeast Bradford. It's a long Long list of names. Long, you gotta buy all the vowels for that. I think Todd's. I think Todd's probably a fruity pebbles popcorn kind of guy. What no, are you, Todd? No, no. I like. I'm a cinnamon. Well, if I had to choose one here, I would go. Um, I go. Hmm, man, just regular cookie. Give me the regular cookie, and then I'll expand. <laughs> they're all. Okay. They're all delicious. The nutter butter. The, <laughs> yeah. You. You can. You can handle your fruity pebbles. No doubt. All right, so let's charge the damn mound, shall we? As we have a lot to get to, and I want to cover it before we get to Ken Rosenthal. So let's start on a positive note. Ellie De La Cruz is him. Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. I was going nuts yesterday, Todd, and I I won't be like the – I'm going to put my troll meter at like a 7 instead of a 10 because yesterday I was like, you guys don't like him. You're not as excited as I am. Obviously, I was half kidding, and Kratz is shaking his head. But, well, admit this, Kratzy. I was more excited about him than you guys are. Is that fair? We, yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. We just, we were just giving you the lowdown when somebody strikes, when somebody strikes out a lot in the minor leagues. It's just, it's not, it rarely gets better. So, you got to expect a lot of punch outs, and you can't, Use that. What we were saying, Todd, was you can't use that elite seventy speed or elite seventy power if he's whiffing it. But yeah. he 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 looks so cool out there. My favorite part wasn't the double to right center. My favorite part was scoring from second on a base hit. Like it was like you just see some dudes. You're like, is he running the same distance as everybody else? Because he gets there way faster. Long legs, like a thirty mile per hour sprint speed or something crazy like that. Yeah, it was um, pretty cool. This is what baseball needs, in my opinion. You got these guys coming up. They've been talked about this whole time. It's all those situations where these younger guys are trying to make sure you you groom them to be the best they can be. And then next thing you know, boom, he hit the stage and he's running with it. So, I mean, that you couldn't ask for a better start, you know, besides hitting a home run. But, man, he he's cruising. And he is, this is part of his last name. Cruz and De La Cruz. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I, I love it. And it's just like poetry, man. And, and he, you know, he's doing against the Dodgers, too. So that's even better, I'll be honest. Yeah, he's excited, too. Look at him. He probably asks, what do I do if I hit a double? And he's doing these. I'm cruising. I'm rolling. But I don't know what that is. I got to figure out what that is. But that is – it's exciting for baseball, Scotty. I know that. I'm sure it's something wildly inappropriate. It's usually what it is. You guys know. <laughs> Right, you'll just, think it's like something super innocent, like, "Hey, we just row the boat. We just want to win games and you know keep rowing through the water." And then, really, you find out it's—you uh, guys tell me, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's usually, something wildly inappropriate. So it's they like, didn't rent—they didn't rent kayaks or canoes on the off day, and they're like, "Wow, reminiscent of the kayak day." That's our—that's our. Yeah, no, they're—they're they're doing some stuff, and it's funny because you know you get to second base. I mean, it's his first big league hit. First, that bat, he walked, so I don't know if they have, like, a walk celebration, but mm-hmm. he walked to load the bases, which is impressive as a rookie. And then he gets the second, and, I mean, he did, you know, he did something here and here, and then I'm sure he had somebody in the front row, kind of like when you were in third grade and you were singing in the front. They have the, the notes, and the teacher's like, and you're sitting there, I do not, and then <clears> – <throat> Somebody was in the dugout going, hey, don't forget this. this. You know, they could have done anything with the celebration, and he would have believed it. Yeah, well, my- you, you see it sometimes, right? Because you'll see from the dugout where 
they'll like motion to someone if he's too pumped up. Like, hey, don't don't forget we row the boat. Don't forget. Yeah, I'm sure it's row the boat too. <laughs> my when I got my first double, I just pointed to the dog. I said, "Let's go like that," and I was I thought that was too much. And now it's if you're not doing that kind of stuff, you're like, "Yo, dude, you're not even a team player. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was we. Yeah, there's been so there's been so many of those. Like the snakes, you know, they do this, they do that. I've seen like the bash. Talked about it the other day, four for the Yankees. The Dodgers do this now. You know, I've seen this one. No, you're right. And hey, game wise, so they had twenty two and a half thousand, which for them I guess is is a pretty good number. Wasn't a sellout, obviously, but Reds okay. fans are paying attention. They were giving him a standing O and cheering their asses off when he was announced, when he stepped up to the plate. Oh, and I spy some Dodger fans in there, but mostly a sea of red. And he delivered in his first game, like you said, he showed some plate discipline. The other thing is I was listening to some interviews last night from their general manager, Nick Crawl, about what he did need to work on because we went over that a little bit. Part of it was he just hadn't played much in the upper levels of the minors. So they wanted to see if that continued, but also they said more consistency on D and he can play shortstop and third base for this team. And they'll be shuffling some players around because there's more talent coming up for them as well. Noel Elvis Marte, a big part of that Luis Castillo trade is one of their better prospects as well. Matt McLean has been great for them. He was Mr. Walkoff yesterday. That's the thing. Also the game itself while well, I'm all over the place, Ellie also, they wanted to work on lowering the chase rate and Aside from the strikeouts, which you can certainly improve as a big leaguer, we've seen plenty of players improve their strikeout rates once they get to the big leagues. But for him, they're like, dude, it's not just about swing and miss. We want you attacking pitches in or close to the zone because when you do, there's going to be significant damage. Aaron Judge talks about it all the time. So that's the model you got to look at. You're like, I'm close to this dude's size. I got a lot more bulk to add, which he will. I mean, he's young as hell. He's 21. But that's something for him to think about because if he's doing damage on pitches that he can do damage on, I mean, he's going to be an absolute 40-plus homer star. I mean, he could be a 40-40 player in the big leagues, but they won. They were down 8-3. They come back against the Dodgers and win 9-8. They're 1-0 in the Ellie De La Cruz era, and they're four and a half games out of first place in an NL Central that is looking more and more like it's up for grabs with the Cardinals falling again. There's McLean with the shower post game from his uh, teammates. Remember, this week also, Andrew Abbott, Scoreless debut on Monday. They've got some good young pitching in there that continues to develop, like Hunter Green keeps looking better for this ball club. I know they're five games under 500, but you you lose 100 games last year. You had no chance from the jump. You started three and 22. Todd Father, they're in this thing. You might have to make some trips out to Cincinnati. Dude, I, I got some things. I'm, I'm doing some broadcasting for them coming up at the end of the month. I'm excited, man. Steer, Friedel, Hunter Green, Matt McClain. I mean, listen. This guy's hitting walk-offs, and you know he was the next. He was the first one everybody talked about. Everybody said Elodeo Cruz is coming. McLean was the guy that all of a sudden, like, hey, this is the guy. He can run fast. He can hit. He can play the defense. And now, the the boys are coming in Cincinnati, the Queen City. Wake up! These boys are coming, and guess what? They're not stopping to win a game like that. Coming back yesterday, a couple of times, and walking off in uh, dramatic fashion. I tell you what, man. We talk about early in the season, you know, everybody wrote off the Reds, and now it's like, watch out. And with Hunter Green, man, he's having 10-plus strikeouts a game. The guy's throwing 100-plus miles per hour. And the other – other Ashcraft and a couple other guys, I know I'm missing a couple, which is a good thing for Cincinnati. So, exciting times. Queen City, Kentucky area, watch out. And see, Trent Rosecrans was freaking out because he was like, oh, on MLB Network, they were trying to come up with a trade oh, for Alexis oh, Diaz. He's like, really? Go. There's more than two teams, guys. Hey, He's like, no one's on. covering the Reds. I'm like, no when one's C covering the Reds like FT Live right now. When C. Trent gets rolling, man, that train don't stop. I had to calm him down a couple times during the <laughs> season when I played there. But, you know, that's that's part of it. The, the a, big, a big piece, too, you know, they have a lot of young pitching, and we've been talking about their prospects because of Ellie, because of McLean coming up. Their pitching, I think they I think they have one of the best pitching coaches in the game, in DJ, in Derek Johnson. Down, you know, he's he's been there for a few years since coming over from the Brewers, and I know they're going to try to extend him, or they did extend him, but he is – he knows how to get the most out of 
unique pitchers. Like not saying not saying Hunter Green is unique, saying that Hunter Green's ability is different than Ashcraft's ability, who's different than Lodolo's ability. And he's so good at tailoring to those guys so that he can get the most out of them. And also, he's also not like, oh, well, Cincinnati is such a terrible place to pitch. Yes, he understands they're going to have some solo shots. And he's such a he does such a good job. He did a great job when he was with the Brewers with that young pitching staff and then like some super unique guys coming out of the starting rotation that he's going to get the most out of them. A lot, a lot like council as a manager gets the most out of the brewers. DJ gets a lot out of the pitch out of the pitchers too, as a pitching coach. Also on Ellie, I mean, he's a stat cast darling and he showed that from the jump. He's like, Oh, first hit hardest hit balls are red already this season. Guys follow my lead, please hop on board. And for me, I mean, just give me thumbs up or thumbs down if you had to think about it right this second. And then I want to get to our boy DeGrom. The Reds will add at the trade deadline. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Come on. No. I'm... <laughs> okay, wait, one more. No. The Reds <laughs> will subtract at the trade deadline. Like they'll get rid of, you know, any veteran bullpen arm or. Somebody that's obviously under limited control. So you just think they're going to do absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. If they're going to do nothing, though, if they're hanging around like in this range, give me a thumbs up. You don't have to go crazy and empty the cupboard, but maybe add a bullpen arm or two and let's mess around and see what happens. The National League's way worse than the American League in terms of the top-heavy side. Are they going to pick someone up? Yeah, but when you say add, no. They're not not going out to get – they're not going to get uh, Giolito from yeah. from the White Sox. Shane Bieber. They're not going to go out and get those guys. No, they might get they might get Brad Hand. Okay, get... but that's ad Kratzy. Uh, you know, buy or sell. There, you think they could buy? Just hearing that alone from a hundred lost team and what they look like at the start of the season, top father. Besides your boy going over on their win total, which is going to look pretty good in my mind. Yeah. Th- this team is is potentially what the second or third best club in the National League Central? I mean, who's running away with the Central right now? The Cardinals are a mess. Yes, they have time to fix it. I think the Brewers are probably the best team in the Central right now, but they're missing many guys. I think they'll have a strong second half. Cincinnati's Cincinnati's up there. I think they're better right now than the Cubs, and they're better than the Reds. I think they're one, one year ahead. I mean, not the Reds, of the Pirates, one year ahead of the Pirates. That's me. <coughs> Wouldn't you love to see a playing game with the Reds. Now I'm going crazy here. Hunter Green starting that, that playing game. Whoa, maybe. Throwing 105. Huh. I'll take it. I'll you take might it. You hit 107. Huh. And you go to Hunter and you go, hey, dude, this is one game. Winner takes all. So just give me, give me three, four innings of absolute gas. Just like give me nothing by the time you get to the dugout. Like after the third or the fourth, you're like, yo, I just emptied the absolute tank. Isn't that what he does already? No, more. Well, if, if you tell a starter, I don't need you to go seven or eight. It's a wild card game. No, I, I want him to go seven or eight. If he's if he's on if he's in cruise control, you gotta let that guy go, man. Let it eat. All right, let's, let's get to the lineup because they're gonna live and die on that lineup. They're gonna score you six runs. That's what I'm saying. I like the lineup. Let's get to Jacob Degrom while we have five minutes before Ken joins us. So he's out for the rest of the season. It sucks. The Rangers are one of the best teams in the league right now. They're actually 25 and nine since DeGrom went on the injured list. I'm actually not going to call a Tommy John surgery like most people are saying, because I do read Ken every morning in the athletic daily windup. And they said it's significant damage to that elbow um, and it'll be UCL surgery, but it could end up being elbow brace surgery. And that's also according to Evan Grant of the Dallas morning news. They got to jump in there and see what's up. And the speculation is that since he's had multiple MRIs, this one pops up with a lot of damage that he's had like five bullpens in between with his IL stint that maybe it blew out at one point during one of those bullpens. So we saw him in absolute tears and he's distraught. Let's actually run that first and then we'll go over it. So, but. All right. 
you know, I, I went through this before and, you know, know what it takes to get back. Um, so that's the goal. Go out there, you know, rehab as the best I can and, and be around to help, you know, any way I can. Um, you know, we got a special group here. Um, and And then I'll be able to be out there and you know, help them win. That it stinks. So this is what we love to do. But you know, finding this out, coming here more, wanting to be out here and helping the team. You know, it's a, it's a disappointment. So yeah, I mean, listen, seeing him like that, from playing with him, and understand the person he is. Um, when he had his first injury. You know, some kind of arm problem. He, you know, complained about it, took a couple of days off. He, this has been nagging for a while, whether it's been in the joint, whether it's been in the elbow or the shoulder, whatever it is. And they always, they never said it was this bad. So, like, for me, thinking about it, it's like, how many times does a person get, have to get injured to figure out that this is the big blow? Like, I don't know. I'm just, it, I feel so terrible for the guy because he cares and understands there's a big opportunity in Texas here. But there's been a lot of injuries that he's had over the course of a couple of years now where like, oh, man, it might be the flags. I don't know exactly what they said, but it could be this. It could be that. And now they're saying it's the big one. So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to say they didn't see it. But at the same time, they, they had to figure, like, maybe this could be part of it. Why don't we explore this and go in there and finally see exactly what he's got? But. I don't know. He's had numerous MRIs on this arm, man, and I I feel for the dude just knowing him personally. You could see you could see his emotion go from saying, "Oh, I've been through this before. I have to do it again," to like he's not going to be out there with his team. Like he yeah. signed here in Texas, probably believed in what they brought in, what they were building in Texas before we believed it, because. You know, he's signing there. He's committed. Yes, everyone's going to say, well, he, he went for the money, all that stuff. People want to go places and win. And he knew he was coming there to win. So you, you kind of saw, like, yes, he cried through most of the interview, but you saw it when he was saying how much he's like, I got to go through this again. Like, it's an uphill battle. Even if he gets the bracing, you know, the I forget what it's called, the UCL bracing or the elbow bracing instead of full Tommy John surgery. It's, it's still, you know, it's a full year of rehab and he's 34, 35 years old now. So it's something that's, that's laying heavy on him, but then he's also not going to be out there with the boys, which he clearly made a connection with his teammates. Let's bring in our friend, our insider, Ken Rosenthal on this topic. And we'll run through a lot more with Ken, but we'll start with the Jacob deGrom news. So Ken, your reaction when you saw and heard from Jacob deGrom yesterday, and can you run through what this means going forward from a front office perspective for the ball club? Cause of course they invested a lot in him about $70 million through the first two seasons. We talked, what was it? Two days ago about Strasburg not having any insurance on his contract. This one seems like it was orchestrated differently, right? Actually, no, there's no insurance here either, Scott. And really, the problem was DeGrom had had so many injuries in recent years, as Todd had said, that getting insurance for him would have been prohibitively expensive. You could do it, but it would have cost so much it would not have been a reasonable investment. So the Rangers did not do that. They were hoping he'd stay healthy. Maybe they could buy insurance for the second, third, fourth years, but that's not going to happen either now. And as for my reaction and from the front office perspective, first of the front office perspective, obviously this is, as you said, Scott, 75 million nearly down the drain because he's probably not going to pitch much next year. So that's two years of the five. He's older. He has to come back from this. And at the same time, I remember talking to Rangers people right after he signed and they were confident that his arm looked good. And yet I can't get out of my head that he had a TJ in 2010. And they don't last forever. So this was always a possibility. And the Rangers rolled the dice here. They took a risk. And obviously now it's backfiring on them. That's from the team's perspective. From anyone who loves the sport and loves watching Jacob deGrom pitch, 
it's so crushing and so disappointing. Not as much as it is, of course, for Jacob, but this is a rare player. He is an elite, elite pitcher, really the best one of our generation when he has been on the mound. Now, Andy McCullough of The Athletic wrote a good article today, I thought, making the comparison between DeGrom and Tim Lincecum. These guys were like comets, right? They kind of came and went. Now, DeGrom lasted longer. I get all that. But it's almost as if their bodies could not withstand what they were doing to it. So from that perspective, clearly a loss for the Rangers, their front office, their fans, everyone who is so excited to see him pitch in Texas. But it is also a loss for the sport because when you have a player like this who can't perform, there's just a void. And that's what we're missing without Jacob DeGrom. Two things. Do you have any idea how much it would have cost? Like, I have no idea how much that kind of insurance is. And how, how common is it that teams put insurance on contracts? It's fairly common for some teams, less common for others. There are certain owners who won't do it. There are certain ones who will. I don't know what it would have cost, Eric, but my understanding just from listening to people and talking to people is that it would have been just so outrageously expensive, maybe along the lines of what they're paying him anyway, that it just wouldn't have been a cost-effective thing in their minds. So that's one thing. The other thing, from the Rangers' perspective, they thought by adding the option year, the sixth-year option year, they kind of protected themselves because the way the contract reads, that option is a player option if DeGrom stays healthy. If it is a situation where he's not healthy as it is right now, and Tommy John surgery is specifically specified in the contract as a reason for him not to be healthy, then at that point it reverts to a club option. So now we will see this be a club option. Okay, they don't get stuck for the sixth year, but they still have to pay him for the five. Dude, is this, and maybe you don't remember it, John Lackey, you're saying that for the club option. Didn't John Lackey get hurt on his contract and then he had a play on the league minimum back in like 15, 14, somewhere in there? If I'm not mistaken, Eric, he had a provision in the contract along those lines, and I can't recall whether it kicked in. There certainly was a clause along those lines, and it was essentially saying what you just said, that if he does not pitch a certain amount of innings or undergoes a certain type of injury that affects a specific area, then that does revert to the minimum. I just can't recall if that's actually what happened. Hey, Ken. Um... Hope you're doing well in Jersey, man. A lot of this craziness going on with the fires and stuff. Uh, you, you're bunkered down in the basement over there or what? I am, Todd. I'm not going outside. That's what they're telling us. Stay inside. Right. It's amazing. I have a daughter who lives in California. She's visiting. And we went out for a walk at about 5 o'clock yesterday. And right away, she said, hey, what is going on here? This is like California. And she was right. It's, it's crazy. She leaves one place, comes to the next, is the same thing. But yeah, my, my question to you is Aaron Judge, okay? Um, people are wondering. I know Aaron Boone talked about a ligament damage. I mean, that seems to me, when I hear ligament in any part of the body, for me, I, I get really worried. So any new inklings on what you've heard besides what we heard from Aaron Boone? No, not much beyond that, Todd, and I'm with you. I never believe injuries are going to be as – not serious as clubs would have us believe. If you remember Jacob DeGrom, oh, we'll just shut him down for a little bit. He'll be up. No. Yep. Now, it's not true in every case. Some players do come back faster than others. But the right big toe, it's keeping Jazz Chisholm out for a while. He had the turf toe situation when he bumped into the wall in Miami, and he's not back yet. He went out mid-May, and he's probably not coming back for a couple more weeks. I'm not saying it's going to be the same with Judge. It might not be similar at all, for all I know. But – Will it be the minimum 10 days? That remains to be seen. And you guys might have seen, I reported last night, that the Dodgers are going to put some padding along the bottom of that wall in front of both bullpens at Dodger Stadium to prevent something like this from happening in the future. They're also going to reinforce that fence. Judge basically knocked it out of whack. So this is clearly a six foot seven, 282-pound individual who has incredible strength. In this case, obviously... It kind of cost them because of what happened here. But they at least reinforced that fence. And fans, I know, reacted to that article by saying, hey, why wasn't that padding there in the first place? Good question. Thing is, I don't know that in 60 years of Dodger Stadium, anything like this has ever happened. 
Now it seems obvious now you pad that aspect or that part of the wall, but I don't know that it was so obvious before what happened Saturday. Judge breaking stuff like Shaq was breaking stuff when he came into the league. Kind of looked very similar. Two monsters doing damage. All right, so you wrote about the Phillies. Now, I live outside of Philly, and so I'm following the team, but I also played for the 15 Royals where you mentioned about the Tigers in 2015, and I saw that team from 14 to 15 and how, you know, they were kind of in it, not really in it, so... I really want to hear what you have to say about the Phillies and what Dombrowski is talking about. Well, I asked Dave Dombrowski about that because he was the president of baseball operations for the 2015 Tigers, as he is for the 2023 Phillies. And actually, I got the idea because another executive mentioned it to me the other day, basically saying, I wonder if Dombrowski will do the same thing with these Phillies if they don't start playing better. And that is essentially tear down the team. 2015 Tigers, they had some injuries. They weren't playing well at the deadline. They were sort of in the wild card race, but under 500. And Dombrowski pivoted at the last minute. I remember it. The deadline was maybe on a Wednesday or Thursday. And that weekend before, he called teams and said, I'm ready to go. They traded David Price. They traded Joaquin Soria. And they traded Ioannis Cespedes. Those deals actually were his final acts as the head of the baseball operation in Detroit. He was let go like two weeks later. But the question is, is the Phillies situation analogous? And in his view, it really isn't. And it isn't for a few reasons. One, they've invested a franchise record amount of money in this team, 240 plus million. There also is an additional wild card now. So there's an easier path to get into the playoffs. And who knows that better than the Phillies? who grabbed the extra wild card last year, went all the way to the World Series and could have won it, if not for a few things that happened. So it's not really the same kind of situation, but at the same time, we've got a number of struggling teams, three others really in the National League, the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Padres. If one of them or more than one of them does not get it going, they're going to have some hard questions to answer. Now, because of the playoff format and because the quality of the National League is so mediocre, probably no team will be willing to rule itself out with two months to go. But at the same time, if that happens, it becomes a different sort of equation. And it's interesting. John Mazalak of the Cardinals, he just did an interview with Katie Wu of the Athletic. I was just reading it before we came on. And about two weeks ago, if I recall correctly, he told the Bally sports midwest reporter jim hayes that they will not sell he didn't say that to katie Wu. he said we want to play better we're hoping to play better and we'll judge it over the next few weeks so it's crunch time now it's getting to really be crunch time and teams are going to have decisions to make and i'm not talking just about these four teams but other teams that are kind of not knowing where they are really the white Sox are a good example of that they're in it because of where the standings say they are are they playing well enough? I don't know that you could say that. I want to switch gears to the Houston Astros, man. And, uh, inside, I'm like, how are these guys still doing this? You know, I'm, I'm not, not the biggest Astros fans, as we know, in 17 back in the day. But it just seems like, you know, Dusty Baker, he does what he does with all these pitching injuries, and they're still doing what they do best, man. Can you explain any of that to me? Because I'm, I'm like, here we go again. Well, it is impressive because think about it. They've been without McCullers all year, Garcia and Arquiti for most of the year, and they've brought up some kids, J.P. France, Brandon Belock, and they've gotten great production out of them. Now, these guys have been a little bit over their head. If you look at some of their underlying metrics, they're probably due for a regression, but it's a tribute to the Astros pitching development, which has been so strong for many years, but continues to be strong. They're major league pitching coaches. They're minor league pitching coaches. They get these guys to the big leagues. Blanco is another one now. And they seem to perform. And Hunter Brown, of course, he's in this category as well. He's a rookie, but he's extremely talented, a high draft pick. It's just impressive that they've been able to patch it together without McCullers and those other two. Now, does Urquidy come back? We'll see. Does McCullers come back? It seems less likely by the day. So they're going to face some interesting questions at the deadline as well. Michael Brantley's still out. 
if Michael Brantley is not back full strength, they're going to need a hitter. They're getting by with jokes in left field, but obviously he's not Michael Brantley. No one would expect him to be. But at the same time, if Urquidy doesn't come back, or worse, if they suffer another pitching injury, they're going to need help in the rotation. And that is ultimately where they have to, or may have to focus their attention. Problem, as we've discussed before, guys, is that there might not be a number of quality starters available. The market is thin. How thin? And part of that question has to do with Shane Bieber. So I know in your notes column in The Athletic, you wrote about him as well. And Zach Buchanan wrote an article about what's next for Cleveland. So what are your thoughts about what they do? Because I will say, if history has anything to do with it, Cleveland's done a really nice job of saying, okay, we've got a couple years left of this guy, time to maximize our return, and we move on, and we keep growing more pitching prospects homegrown. They certainly have a number right now, Scott, and we talk about pitching development. They're at the forefront as well, maybe the team to envy the most in that regard. Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger, Corey Kluber, you just mentioned what they've done in the past. Those guys have gone with a year-plus remaining of control. Shane Bieber, Bieber right now, a year-plus remaining of control. He could be the lead guy out there with Eduardo Rodriguez hurt, with Corbin Burns pitching for a contender. It might be that Shane Bieber is one of the two or three best pitchers available. The problem with Bieber right now is that while his surface metrics or surface statistics are good, ERA is good, 3.67, and it's really inflated by one bad start. The underlying stuff is troubling to a lot of people around the game, people with other clubs. It's the velocity that's down something like three miles an hour from the last two years. It's the hard hit percentage, which is up. It's all of these things. The strikeout rate is down. All of these trends that are pointing downward that make him, perhaps to some, a risk. Now, he was the 2020 American League Cy Young Award, Award winner. He has obviously figured out some things while pitching with lesser stuff. But the way teams look at these guys today, the question then becomes, well, would the Guardians get enough for Bieber? Get what they want. They traditionally, generally set a high bar, and they don't come off their price. Teams kind of complain about them, but that's what they do. And it's not like they don't make trades. They make plenty of trades. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how this develops. Also will depend how he pitches over the next two months. Marcus Stroman is one of the guys I should mention that obviously is a possible piece to be had, and he is pitching at an extremely high level right now. So there will be guys out there. I trust that there will be. There always are. And if there aren't, teams will not be able to sit still. You know these guys, Todd, Eric, the GMs. They can't just sit there and let the deadline pass without getting all itchy. So stuff's going to happen. It just might not be as big as some of the things we've seen in recent years. Or it could be huge, right? Marcus Stroman to the, to the Marlins? Marcus Stroman <laughs> no. is a big piece. But at the same time, he's not Max Scherzer, at least what Scherzer was when he was traded a couple of years ago. Hey, if Marcus Stroman keeps pitching as well as he has, maybe he is that guy. And, of course, there is still – until the deadline passes, always the non-zero chance that the Angels will move Otani. I don't see it happening. They're going to try to stay in this thing as long as they can and even beyond because they've invested a lot in this team. They've put a lot into it. We've talked about this, aggressively promoting prospects, bringing in a bunch of veterans in the offseason. They're not here to tear it down on August 1st. But if it happens that they are in a really bad spot, who knows? Maybe Otani becomes available and at that point then you've got a trade deadline see i know what you were doing there kratty he's trying to transition all nice and cute because he's a whole he's a host now media personality into the marlins wait but i'm gonna save you because you're my boy you can't say stro to the marlins because you know what'll happen marlins fans because you're just being you're just being fun will go on twitter and they'll go how dare you we have a rotation already we don't need strom and blah 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 we need that which is true which is true. So I know you want to talk about the Marlins, but that's not their primary need. They've got pitching, Kratzy, am I correct? Yeah, they do, but everybody needs a Marcus Stroman. So you can hit me up, Eric Kratz 31. So <laughs> no, Ken, I want, to, I want to talk about the Marlins because they are, 
who would who would have said on June 7th that Sandy Alcantara has a five plus ERA? I had to write all this down. They have a minus 29 run differential, and they have the fourth best record in the National League. But is it gonna last? I don't know, but I give them a lot of credit for what they've done. And the run differential is a little bit misleading. This was explained to me by someone with the Marlins last night when I called. <laughs> that person told me, listen, look at April. We lost three games by a combined 33 runs. That skewered the run differential. Since May 9th, they are on a 17-9 run. They've been really one of the best teams in baseball. And offensively, though Scott is right, that is their need. They're sixth in the league in runs per game over nearly a month span now. So they've got some good things going. Brian De La Cruz, Jesus Sanchez, Soler, of course, and Arise. My goodness, it's a joy to watch him play. Chisholm will come back. That should help them as well offensively. Can they keep it up? I don't know. But they're benefiting in part from all of the teams that I mentioned earlier that are not playing well. Mets, Phillies in their own division, Padres, Cardinals, and other divisions, the mediocrity of the Central, the league, the National League, is just not that strong. So I'm not saying the Marlins are going to contend all year, but they did some things in the offseason to improve their bullpen, which have worked. They also did some things to upgrade their offense, particularly their contact ability with Arise, and that has worked as well. Gene Segura has not worked out to this point, but I still expect him to be the player he has always been in the past. So I don't see them going to the World Series, but they're on a good run here. And you know what? Give them credit. Season's almost half over, and they've done a good job. Hey, I want to go a little up north to the Queen City in Cincinnati. We talked about this a little bit earlier. I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think uh, Castellini and the boys over there are going to be buyers or sellers during the trade deadline coming up since what they got going on here? It's, it's pretty special what they got going on. I know people up there are buzzing, and I'm, I'm getting kind of excited about it too. Todd, I totally agree. I watched that game last night, and I was thinking this is the most excited I've heard Great American Ballpark since Frazier won the home run derby. Let's go. <laughs> and I might not be off on that. I might not be far off on that, if at all. So it is really exciting. And it's not just Dela Cruz, though, of course, his debut was absolutely electric. The kid who got the game-winning hit, McLean. The kid who debuted on the mound, the lefty two nights ago, Andrew Abbott. And there are others coming behind them. So... It's been really impressive. Other players, too, Spencer Steer and Friedel, who's now hurt, they've just got a nice thing going there. And, yes, that's a fair question. What do they do at the deadline if they're in it? What they should do is add, of course. And they need a starting pitcher to go with the three younger guys that they have. Of course, Lodolo's hurt right now. I don't know that they will do that. They have been going backwards with payroll the last couple of years, but – the big thing is, and this is me as a writer knowing this, but you guys can speak to it even better. When you've got a competitive team at the deadline and the front office does not act to support that team, the players see that almost as a betrayal. The fact that the front office isn't in as deep, isn't trying as hard as they are, and that can kind of wreck a team. Did it to the Brewers last year when they traded Josh Hader. And when you do nothing in a situation where you have a chance to win, that can also not sit well in a clubhouse, and it can be a really problematic thing. We'll see what they do. I mean, I really hope they do some buying because this NL Central, it could be up for grabs. I mean, no one's running away with it right now. So we're giving the Reds as much coverage as anyone, especially the last few weeks. Ken, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks, guys. All right. How about that statement, Todd Father? More oh. excitement in Cincinnati since I mean, I mean, home run derby? It makes me excited. I know that. That was, <laughs> that was ruckus. Hey, it was raucous, man. But I, I hate to bring it up. They're, they're a good team right now. They're good right now. But I remember you, Scotty. I always go back to what you said. You know, ease the brakes. Pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm at with it right now, but I'm I'm really excited for the boys there, for Dave Bell for putting in the work. And um, he, he told us, you know, the other day, he says, we, we're going to have a team that's going to play with their hearts and, and go out there and, and be the best that they can be. And that's all he wants, and that's all they've been doing. 
No, my my thing, top father, is pump the brakes if usually they're not as good as you think they are and they're not as bad as you think they are. For Cincinnati, I think they're they're rated right now. I think they're not overrated. They're not underrated. This is a team that could mess around in the 500 range, and that might be all it takes to compete in the National League Central. Yeah. Just saying. Keep an eye out on it. So, but, what, yeah. Sorry, just back to Ellie De La Cruz. The quote that David Bell had, he was talking about, he said, he knew he was a big focus today, but you would never know it being around him. He went out and played relaxed. He played with passion and intensity. He was himself. So, it, and knowing David Bell, that dude's passionate and intense. He's, <laughs> Without a doubt. That's like, that's like minimizing what he is. And so a young guy coming in and having that, which that's what your manager says. The manager isn't just like, He's not just, while they might give like cookie cutter answers, it shows that's the focus. And it shows that it's a team that is believing in that mantra, the focus, passion and intensity. And I think C. Trent said it earlier when he was on, just talking about how, you know, that's, that's the, team's, uh, the team's MO. And it's from their manager, David Bell. I like it. I like it. And he's been through some crap too. I mean, I was with him soon after that three and 22 slump last year and the attitude still for him was great. And I will say, sometimes you're sitting with a manager and he looks like the age 10 years, he looked okay. He's like, we'll be fine. This is not a team that looks like this. We're not as bad as this. He basically said before it was a thing, we are not the Oakland A's. Okay, Scott. (laughs) I was like, gotcha. Uh, all right, let's hit some last-minute game time and focus on some game matchups for this evening. Sponsored by Game Time, best ticketing app out there, and it is focused on last-minute ticket sales in over 60 cities in the U.S. and Canada. Very fan-friendly, 360 views of your seats, and look down, download that app, and redeem the code FT Live. Support the fam. Also, just get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. So, last-minute ticks. Who's going first? Where are you going? We got a pretty loaded slate of night games. I know it's a Wednesday and sometimes you get the day games, but there's only one afternoon game on this Wednesday. Most of them taking place in the evening. Eric Kratz, you're up. I'm getting out of the I'm getting out of the fires. I don't <laughs> I need to go down. Yeah. I'm coming down to coming down to Tampa. Maybe I'll hang out with you. Maybe if you fly, maybe if you run over, I'm gonna go see the go see the Rays play. The Rays, because I wanna see what the twins do against the Rays. I wanna see We've been kind of bashing the Central, and they're the best in the Central, and I think they're going to win it. But this is a test. Like, if you want to – you come any, – any of the teams in the East that they're going to play, including the Blue Jays, including, you know, the Yankees when they weren't doing well. The Twins come into town. I want to see, as much as I don't want to go to Trop, and I don't want to see an opener in my boy Sean Armstrong, I do want to see the Twins and their number one, Opalo. Palo Lope go up against the Rays lineup because it's going to be a great test. Hey, when you, when we I'm going to go on the same flight as you just drop me off in Atlanta. Just have me parachute out there, jump out, jump out. <laughs> and I'll go right to Atlanta in the stadium there and watch Scherzer versus Morton. Two fireballers, two guys that are going to manipulate that strike zone real well. And uh, we can meet back up right after that. And then you scoop me up and we'll come back home, man. We'll be out of the fires. We'll be gone by then. And we'll saw, we'll be seeing two really good games. No, hit me up in Texas. You get you guys a fat steak. No, what? No. Too far. Yeah. Yep. Too far. Are you kidding me? You didn't even let me explain my game. <laughs> <laughs> At least let me talk you into it. Let me try. Okay? okay. 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 The Rangers are the sexiest team in the league, and now you get this devastating Degrom news. But like I mentioned at the top of the show, they're twenty five and nine without Degrom. Evaldi is the ace of the starting rotation, and everybody in there is solid. You've got some guys with the twos. With the ERA and some guys with the low fours, but still, they look solid. They're eating innings, and I've seen a lot of good from almost everyone in that rotation. Martin Perez, um, I mentioned Ivaldi tonight. Gray, that well, that's what I was getting to. I wanted to mention Heaney too, and then tonight's matchup: John Gray Oof. against Jack Flaherty for the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis lost again to Texas <laughs> yesterday. Okay, Semyon's on fire. He's got the sizzling hit streak going on. So, St. Louis, are you going to wake up? Is Flyer, are you going to be your boy? Is Wilson Contreras catching? And John Gray, are you going to step up 
and act like a two or a three now in this rotation, now that we know that DeGrom's not coming back for the rest of the year? Because the one thing I'll say concern-wise for Texas is Vivaldi looks incredible. He's an injury risk too. He's had a lot of injuries in his career. So I just get nervous because if he goes down, I'm freaking out. Then I'm panic mode because those are both your ones. So I'm hitting, hitting up Texas. I want to see how this team looks. That's a game that I'm all over because the Cardinals are underperforming and you're just waiting for the offense to explode again. And clearly they're going to have to rely on them. That's when they had that good week and a half stretch. So check it out. Uh, game time app, always there for you. If you don't have it yet, go grab it and redeem code FT live 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply. And for you to know the last minute deals on tickets cannot be beat. And the game time last minute guarantee is there for you. If you find the same type of tickets, so same row, same section for less money, they'll give you 110% back. If you can beat that price, there's event cancellation protection, which is huge, especially with tonight's Yankee game, seeming like it could be, on the rocks, you get an auto refund of your money within five to seven days. It's not just credits if something's canceled. And there's a 24-hour return guarantee that works great if you're like, hey, I want to buy tickets, but my friend's not getting back to me. So lots of options for you. They do it right. This is fan-friendly as it gets. This is how it should be done. Flash deals, last-minute tickets. It's the fastest-growing ticketing act in the country for good reason. As you can see, you can see the images of your seats. You move your phone to see where you're sitting. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code FT Live for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem that code FT Live, 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So I want to get into a story that we'll bring to Buck Martinez, uh, Blue Jays broadcaster, long time baseball lifer. He's been in many, many roles in the baseball world, and he's actually been involved in situations just like this, which we'll get into. But let's focus on Manoa for a moment. Top Father, you weren't on with us yesterday. Your thoughts about a guy who was a top three pitcher in the American League last year, low two ZRA, bulldog, young, eating innings, all the confidence in the world. He's like, screw it. Mic me up for the all-star game. I'll talk you through how I mow down hitters. This guy's a dude. And also a guy you don't want to mess around with in a fight because he's not scared of hitting a guy and then he's not scared of you charging the mound. And with all of that being said, we said it yesterday, slider's not the same, fastball command's not the same. And he's even said it publicly. Like he doesn't have that same mojo right now, that same confidence on the mound. So what do you think about a guy like this and a downfall now going to the minors to work on things? My, my biggest concern, you brought up a couple good points, but mine is body language. And I'm a big guy of seeing things. And even young kids I coach, your body language, if it's terrible, you're not going to do well for the most part. You might get away with things here or there. But you don't see that confidence, like you said. You don't see that swag. He had swagger. He could talk the talk. He could walk the walk. You know, he was throwing up and in on guys, you know, back off my plate. It's just not there. It's not there. And it comes quick, man. Baseball humble you in a heartbeat. Not saying he did anything wrong, but – that's just what happens. Those baseball gods, I don't know I don't know where it happened, but he's a dominant pitcher. Do I think he'll come back? Of course I do. Um, go down to the minor leagues, figure out that slider. That's the biggest pitch he has to figure out. Uh, get a little more movement on the fastball. Don't worry if they hit you or knock you around. This is for you to get work done. And then as you figure things out, then the domination will come, then the swagger, then walking off. But the biggest thing for me is body language and controlling the situation when you go out there. I just didn't see that in these last, you know, pretty much all the starts he had this year besides one or two, man. The body language just was just not there. Uh, never like to see guys get sent down. Uh, it's, it's not it. But, man, to go from, like you said, mic'd up in the All-Star game, all that swag to now down the minor leagues, I would, I would push back against what Todd said a little bit. When you go down there – do worry about what's going on. Do worry about getting hit because you're, you're not, he's not trying to just get back to the big leagues. He's trying to anchor that pitching staff, which Gosman has, has taken over, has Bassett has taken over. Like you got to come back to the big leagues and be dominant as part of that three headed monster that they have. Like you can't go down there and go, 
well, you know what? I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of working on stuff because what he was in the big leagues was like you said, swaggy. He was confident. I don't know if that, you know, hitting guys and yelling at them and stuff is anything like pitchers. That's just like, that's like, that's like yelling at somebody through like a bulletproof glass. Like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do it? You know, position players can't do anything about it. Like you just keep throwing at guys. Like that's, that's eyewash confidence. But I think he has a lot of confidence. I think he is that guy and he needs to be that guy, but he's got to go down there and have a above average attitude. He gets to the, the, my rule always was you get 72 hours and the league actually gives you 72 hours to report to your team, but you get 72 hours for your attitude to report to the team. And if you don't start creating the environment that you want to have around you and creating the, you know, the thoughts that you want to have around you in the minor leagues, it won't just happen when you get back to the big leagues. So he's got to go down there and be a bulldog. Let's move on to the baseballer viral hit of the week. Love it. Got some good juice and it's fresh too. So let's start with polar bear Pete Alonzo homering off Bryce Elder, which worked out very well for Pete off his slider. And Francisco Lindor did the same thing. Now, Pete was caught with a hot mic in the dugout with some words for Bryce. Much of the plate. Throw it again, please. Throw it again. Too much of the plate. Throw it again, please. Throw it again. Too much of the plate. Throw it again, please. Throw it again. Can someone recite what Pete was saying? Uh, I wanted him to throw it again. <laughs> I I used to do that crap all the time, man. It's funny. People are. <laughs> You know, there's cameras everywhere, so you can't get away with anything, man. Chirping, that's the baseball. That's fun. I, I like it. I think it's hysterical. You got people, oh, well, I'm going to bring up this stat about P, this, that. Oh, come on. That's harmless stuff. The pitcher even said, if I hit it that far, I'd probably say something too. Come on. It, that, that, that's Pete being Pete. I used to do it. Probably shouldn't have, but I had a good time with it. I was excited. Overamped. He hit one 460. <laughs> Say what you want. He said it too. Pete said it the other day, Marcus Stroman. You pitch like that, you can do whatever the heck you want. Let him chirp. He wasn't trying to cause a fight. People chill out, man. Come on. No, he wasn't. He wasn't trying to. And, and the way he said it, the way he like stood and like looked back at him, maybe there was a little extra. Obviously, we don't know. Maybe there's already a little extra talking going on. But yes, I, you know, big leagues is no problem. There's no problem for me in chirping. When you get to see when you see high school guys that like want to play the chirp game, to me, I'm more, you know, I'm more on the I'm more on the side of cheer for your teammates. But Pete hit the homer. What'd you say? 461 he hit it? 458 or something. Okay, 458. Yeah, he can chirp. If other <laughs> dudes on the team that can't hit a ball 458 feet are chirping at Bryce Elder, like, eh, see, then then I'm not on it. But yeah. yeah, you just did something. You just did something awesome. You hit a home run against a dude that's throwing the ball pretty well. And Bryce Elder has been one yeah. of the more consistent pitchers being a rookie. Hey, welcome to the show, Kit. <laughs> and I'll leave it at this, the last point. It's not why the Braves came back. They had no clue what was going on, okay? So it is no. what it is. Hey, and listen, if one of the players saw it and he wants to chirp back, I'm all ears. Whatever. That's part of it, you know, as long as you don't. Take it to that next level, getting deep. Very, 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 you know, let the, let the kids have fun, too. Are you sure that's not why the Braves yes. fought back and won this game? Wait, 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 wait. There was a clap back from Tyler Matzik in the Braves dugout. Okay, Tyler, how many how many at-bats did he get that game? Wait, that, that was my, like, <laughs> grand, that was my grand throw into a clip. Yeah. I'm waiting. Ozuna see. down the left field line. Fair ball. And we're tied at five. <laughs> RC grounded. And it's going to get into center field. And the Braves are going to take the lead. I like it. He was probably inside the clubhouse. And he saw that on the sheet, on the TV. And he probably came back. Hey, so, all right, maybe I'll take it back. Maybe they got excited, you know, but. I don't think – I mean, if that's going to get you rolling, so be it. But remember, 
you got to face him too. So it's both ways. So we'll we'll see. It's not going to lead to anything. I think it was more fun natured than anything. But you know that that's a that's a pitcher in the dugout there saying I'm going to get my two cents in there too as well, which is cute. I think it's cute. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to pick fights. I'm saying that's good, clean fun, Kratzy. Oh, a hundred percent clean fun. But when when guys that can't hit the homer do it, mm. and you're like, you know, you're you're the one chirping. Hey, get the boys going. I love that Tyler Matzik, that he's out there in the in the dugout, because you know he's he's there for his boys. There's there's a lot of chirping, but man, I I'm I'm so against it at the high school travel ball level, because you forget, you forget like it's really hard to do this in the big leagues. Like in high school travel ball level, if you're just like demeaning people instead of cheering your own team on, like I'm sure if they showed Matzik later, he's cheering. The fact that, you know, the boys came back. But no, like I'm all I'm all for the chirping if you do, if you're the one doing it. Like not everybody needs to chirp at him. Like not everybody can line up and hit a Bruce Elder, Bryce Elder, Homer, four hundred and fifty eight feet. I like no, I like I like yeah. I'm a hard disagree with you on the high school park, Kratzy, and you've got way more dirt in your cleats on this because you're coaching it. I'm, I'm just going to go off me. I think there there are times, if you're doing it 24-7, everything in moderation, right? So I'll just use my quick example, and I'll do the basketball example. Dude comes down, drills a three. It's like the third quarter, and it's a close game, and he's acting like he just won it for you. And then he comes down and misses the next three threes. I'm going to be like, keep shooting those, baby. Keep shooting those. Let's go. Right? On the court. You were a star in high school. You would have done the same thing. Like, that's the time oh. to be like, let's go. Keep shooting those threes. We love those long rebounds. If you're on the court? Or, or on the bench. On the bench. That's a great That's a great little pick-me-up for the boys. Like, yo, yo, give him space. Let him keep shooting those threes. <laughs> you didn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about that. Bronny, Bronny's talking about that dude that still has <laughs> still has the ripaways on at the end of the bench. That's like, oh, holding everybody back, hold him back. Like, come on, man, oh, you ain't man. that I'm guy. Losing my voice. That's fine. My voice is almost Yo, gone. I, I can't. I'm just saying. You're saying cheer for your boys, right, Kratzy? Right? Like cheer for your boys. So Kratzy, it'd be like, let's go, let's go, end. great rebound. But you can also clap no. back a little bit. Dude's like. Doing this, Kratzy. he drills one three, and then he misses the next three. You can go after him. That's he, all I'm saying. He, he was on the edge of the bench, that guy. That See, one that, guy. <laughs> you can't be. I, I, need you, I need you out there and getting in his face. Oh. <laughs> I'm both. You. I'm both. I give you five minutes burst, two fouls, three rebounds, and Ooh. I'm back on the bench to catch my breath because I got oh, no stamina. <laughs> Dude, I can, I'm picturing you. At, in Bergen Catholic in Jersey or something, playing against a really good team. Guy hits one. He's doing all these things. You're like, all right, good. And then he misses three. He's like, oh, oh, da, da. oh I can't. I can't. Bro. I can't. I'm just I, know, I know those. I know them too well. I know all those guys too well, and they're hysterical. Let's go. I call out the punks. All right, so some comments from this, because um, the comments were great. And, of course, you're going to get Braves and Mets fans going at it, so – uh athletic central a little cocky for a third place team oh, anything God. for aaron i would throw it again straight at his rib cage respectfully Dumb. and jmc best power hitter in baseball you people calling him out want baseball to be boring or are you just salty braves fans uh she hates liam that's rude if you're talking about hendrix if acuna <laughs> did this all y'all and mlb would be glazing like it was your profession it's part of the game Get over it. And then uh, CH4, like Cadillac something, didn't age well. Um, yeah, right. The Mets lost that game. And the Braves have won nine of their last 11 against the Mets. The Mets are a game under 500, and they're in third place. But, again, let's focus on this being good, clean, fun. More from, of this. This is healthy Pete. trash talk. From Pete. From Pete, yeah. Well, from and Pete. from Tyler. You you have a problem with what Tyler did, Matzik? Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I have a problem with it. I'm saying what I've seen at the high school level, it is an <laughs> epidemic at some places. It is such a toxic environment where the whole game, like you said, maybe not 100%, the whole game, like you even forget, they forget to cheer for their own team. They just rub it in people's faces. And the dude that's at the end of the bench, like they taped the nine on the back of his jersey because all they had was a one and they already had a number one. So they put a one nine on the back. But like, like there's... 
to, to me, that's not – and I'm not against Matzik because I think there's extra street cred, like I said, for a pitcher that's not in the game being out there. Even if he is in the game, he's probably coming out and getting switched out. He's injured. Whatever it is, he's out in the dugout getting the boys hyped. So I like that. I like that part of it because it was some of a rallying cry, but I like Pete's way more. Like, absolutely. Like, a bat flip is like yelling at somebody. And if you're not a bat flip guy – yeah. Use your chatter. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, what I'm thinking in my head is Scott and on the bench in a baseball with the stirrups on, looking at the guy like, yeah, what's up, dog? We got you. We got you. What? Throw that again, baby. And looking at the boys like, you know what I'm saying? And the boys are like, oh, this kid again, this kid. Dude's on his third Red Bull and we're in the third inning. Oh, God almighty. I can pick, I can, I know I had like five guys like that on my team. It's just so funny. Yeah, but that's, I mean, we played Jersey. That's that's harmless. harmless. And also just, just to clarify, and this is why I think what Tyler Matzik did is totally cool also, is Pete did something. Tyler's probably in the clubhouse because he's right now. Um, he had TJ, what, late after the season last year. He probably checks out his phone or someone texts him and goes, yo, look what Pete did in the, cl- in the dugout. Then he shows some boys. He comes out there and has his moment back at it. Throw it again. Then they throw it again. And then they get a knock and they win the game. That is just beautiful, perfectly orchestrated trash talk. So my point is if you're in high school and one dude's showing you up or just like showing it a little bit, you show it back a little bit. All yeah. fun. You know, it doesn't have to lead into a brawl. I mean, we know most guys in the sport today, they don't brawl anyway, right? When we see benches, we have to differentiate benches clear. Benches yeah. clear and the guys are like, hold me back. And everyone's yeah. looking for someone to hold them back. So there's no one to hold each other back. No doubt. No, there's <laughs> <laughs> when I had my little when I had my little scuffle thing, not even a scuffle, just argument with the other coach at my game coaching. There was a dude, there was a dude on the other side of the fence that was like, Meet me in the parking lot afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Meet me in the park. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this totally, this totally escalated. I'm not meeting anybody in the parking <laughs> yes, lot. Yes, meet him. Meet no, him in there. I'm not. No, you meet him and you like, hey, how are you? <laughs> oh, you yeah, wanted you, to, sh- you wanted to fight? Oh man, I thought we were gonna go have a coffee or something. You mess with him. Yeah, you shake his home. hand, you shake his hand, and, and you give him a wristband or something like that. You know that. how many so, times I've heard in the parking lot before? I get, I mean, 100, probably not sure, 50 times. I've never said that one time in my life. I've never told somebody <laughs> to meet me in the parking <laughs> lot. No, I think no, I'm because so you're, you're, you're classy. You say, meet me, meet me at Ruth Chris. Meet <laughs> me at Ruth Chris. Because you want, you want something good to eat. I'll Maybe buy you steak dinner. Let's go. So check out Baseballer, B-S-B-L-R, and follow them on, uh, at the Baseballer on Instagram for more. I'm Plus, I'm wearing their hat today. It's fresh. Tell you what, I'm changing gears. I'm looking outside my window here, and this, it's getting crazy out. This, this air quality is getting, it's a different color, bro. This is nuts. It's, what you, color is it? Yeah, give give us the play-by-play, Todd, because I'm in Florida right now, and Kratz is in Pennsylvania, and most of our audience is spread out across the country and the globe. I don't think they realize this has happened on the West Coast, but, like, for example, this Yankee game tonight, I know they're thinking about it. I don't think they've called it or anything yet. In my mind, it's not like you're going to deal with this all the time. Like, why are you going to allow people to go out there and risk dealing with the air? Actually, our boy Przinsky's up there. He's supposed to go to the game tonight. It's like an orangey tint to it, man. It's like, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, they canceled all all-star practice. They canceled all Little League games, high school games. If you're still playing or practice, you got to do everything indoors. So, I mean, you're getting all these updates, and it's like tomorrow is supposed to be even worse. So, Dang. yeah, that that's exactly what it looks like right there. That's that's from Joel Sherman right now, who covers the team for years and writes for the New York Post. We'll have him on at some point. He says, the picture does not – do full justice. The haze over Yankee Stadium we, feels Scott, like 5 a.m. rain. We haven't had rain here in like 12 days, so it's like 13 days. I think it's been more than that, I heard. I heard like three weeks almost, That's, no? it's It's been a lot. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe my math is off. I, you might be right. I, I don't want to exaggerate or anything because I don't know the exact number, but it's been, a, it's been a while. It's been a while, so stay indoors. Apparently, air is thick, right? Uh, it's, got a, it's got this... You walk outside, you're like, oof, it's um, not good. So hopefully everybody's just chilling out indoors today. Hopefully the people in Canada are doing good because that's where it's all yeah. coming from. And it's like 
there's a ton of out of control fires up there. It's, it's yeah, no, and we got it. I got it two towns down. Like it's, it, I know most of it's Canada, but it's hitting in Jersey. This is the sec last week going to the going to the Borgata. Yeah, we had to change direction, so it's hitting all these different places. So crazy. Uh, Travis in our chat goes out west. We call what we saw in New York last night September. <laughs> there you go. I'm like man, I'm, I'm Thank sorry. You, Travis. That's that's tough. Let's slap hands. I haven't added for slap hands too. That I didn't tell you boys yet. Uh-oh. I will go first. I I said to everyone, I'm going to try and start doing this more often. Give me one question for slap hands and I'll mix it in. So I'll I'll give you an option of of two of them on there right now. Either from BMD nerd, biggest name moving at the deadline or from Davis, Arise hitting 400. Which one do you guys want to answer? Second one's so easy. We might as well answer the first one. So answer both. So you say no, no. nobody's hitting 400. Okay. No, just no. it's too many guys. Like it's mm-hmm. too many guys you're facing. Too many, and he's gonna hit really well. We know that. But 400, I just I don't see. I see think I see it in my lifetime. No, nope, nope. But I think I mean he could be like 380 or something. But 400, which is awesome. Stuff, which is 380 is incredible. Which so. is incredible, incredible to do what he's doing. He struck out 11 times this year. The biggest name, I think Lucas Giolito. He's taken two no-hitters into the sixth inning on the season. And no matter, did Ken say it or did did Buck say it? I forget who said it about the White Sox. But, yeah, their record's where it is. But they're not good. They, they are not good. So, he gone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you never know what can happen, but. I think Stroman's gone. I, I don't know where he's going to go, but I, he's he's been dominating, man. And uh, the Cubs are going to be the, you know, they're not going to be there at the end. So there's that's one key cog that you can get some good return for right now. Yeah, I'm with you, actually, because I think hitting and relief pitching is usually kind of lower priced out and easier to find. Everyone every year is talking about needing a starter. I feel it even more this year. And I just don't think there's going to be a lot of strong names around to be able to trade for. I I'm having a hard time seeing Bieber moving just because I think Cleveland's going to be involved in that race in the central. So I'm with you. I think here's what's going to happen with Stroh show. They're going to go, Oh, here, let's push some money across. Um, He's going to say, no, I want more. And then they're going to go, Oh, sorry. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. taking what we want. So here's our excuse to trade you. So just saying Kratzy, what was your thing? And, and Kratz hats. Oh, Kratz hats. Real quick, the baby bombers. It's got the nice. it's got the sick uh, camo on it too. We had so many different jerseys when we were there. But my slap hands thing. Oh, Scranton, Scranton Wilkesbury. Sorry, the baby bombers. Um, my thing, Todd, Evan Phillips. Do you have a knock or do you not have a knock against him? <laughs> well, I I asked my man Jesse over oh, here. Oh, cheating. One for two, baby. Two RBI double. Let's go. Sorry, Katie. Ev. Hey. hey, it ain't easy being a boss. Hey, hey. Don, Don Money's birthday today. Big Don Money. God bless you, man. God bless you. And hey, high schoolers, if you're on the bench, make sure you give the other team some shit. Especially <laughs> when you're playing against Kratz's team. Let's go. <laughs> Kratzy, good luck. Uh, Brock Holt with me on Thursday's show. We'll see you soon. Spicy Ball is back for BetMGM sports players. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account and place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Got to use that promo code SPICYBALL. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING.